welcome to a latest review from Friends in Film, which this week will be for Joking Phoenix's Joker movie. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. And I have nothing to add today. Oh, that's it? That's the end of your, this is your, those are your thoughts on Joker? Yes. No, those are, those are my summary thoughts that I'm bringing to you, you all this Tuesday. Good morning. <laughs> Or Monday evening, yeah. depending on when this shows up in the feed. It'll be Monday evening if you're a subscriber, which if yes. you're not, do that. Like three hours early. Come on. Like, go get it. It'd actually be even more than that, because normally the, the link tweets out around 9 a.m. Not around. It's at 9 a.m. I know it. Um, and they'll be normally online by by at least midnight, so you can get a whole nine hours early. Ooh. Maybe even like 12 Check hours early. that stuff out, everybody. These are the hot details that you could only get listening to this little monologue exactly. from I and Cooper. Anyway, the link gets tweeted out. But you know where that gets tweeted out at? No, you don't because I haven't said it yet. It gets tweeted out at Friends in Film, A-N-D Film on Twitter. Jump on there. See the link that we tweet out. See the news that Cooper tweets out. See the things that I tweet back at the things that Cooper <laughs> tweets out. It's fun. There's plenty of you there and like come on jump on and join us it's great uh, but if you're looking for um, other reviews of films you can find those on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify anywhere podcasts can be found but if you can on apple podcasts please rate and review us that will ultimately help rank us and then we can have more friends to the show that's correct and this week even though we did not review last week we're reviewing joker this week maybe a good thing we took a week off because there's a lot to talk about, dissect, <clears throat> get into with the Joker, both in terms of what it offers, what it means, what people will think of it, what the reaction has already been so far, um, which is kind of where I want to start off before we actually get into the review of this movie, Josh. What were your expectations heading into the Joker? Or just I, Joker, I, I should say. I didn't have expectations okay. because I didn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the hype around the movie was such that it was going to be amazing or astounding, different, crazy good in all sorts of ways. And then it became suddenly about like what the movie seemed to be about. Mm-hmm. And then that's what the conversation became. And then I started to expect something incredibly provocative, something like dangerous with its yeah. ideas. And I'm in here watching this movie and yeah, it feels wild and crazy in this like in these really subtle ways mm-hmm. where you're just watching mayhem and violence play out with some violins and some screen string back um backings and joaquin phoenix giving uh, an astounding performance but expectations like you know like i it it, it, can't, it got there but not in the way i thought yeah yeah that's kind of where i land as well where from the outset of this project, like I remember the day that we talked about this project being announced, or maybe it was when Phoenix was cast and Colton was on here and it was, we'd already done a really long episode. So we kind of had to go short with the discussion on the movie, but you guys were basically like, eh, doesn't really matter. <laughs> What's this movie going to be about? And that was kind of my feeling as well. I got a little more excited as time went on. The trailers looked interesting and creepy, but then the conversation turned over this last month into what does the Joker mean? What does he stand for? What does the movie say about culture, mental illness, um, gun violence, all these different things? And the first reactions to this are, it's a masterpiece. It changes the game. And then as more reactions come out, it's like, well, or <laughs> it's this really messy film doesn't know what it wants to be. And so at that point, I was like, okay, some people I know and respect their opinions on say it's it's fantastic. It's one of the best comic movies, if you can even call it that, ever made. Other people say, eh, it tries too hard. And then it left me of, well, I don't know which is the case. Yeah. And what to expect. And by the time I finished seeing Joker on Thursday night in IMAX, I was kind of in the same position where I didn't really know what to think or what I thought about this movie. Because maybe it was part of the expectation of, this movie's going to be, like you mentioned, provocative, dangerous. It's going to, you know, scream angry white male at me in movie form. And at the end of the day, uh, that wasn't really what it was? No, it was not. I think there's, I can understand where that conversation comes from and how you can have that viewpoint from this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I think it does try to juggle 
a lot of different ideas, all the ones I mentioned before, but also the difference in class, um, uh, again, I already went from mental illness, institution, government. There's, there's so many things I think Joker wants to talk about, but at the end of the day, it kind of cops out and it's like, eh, we don't really care about anything, which I think is a dig at the movie. And it's not, it's not a great look because you are trying, I think you're laying all those seeds of these ideas and then you're not going through with them. It, it kind of makes it come a little hollow um, at the end of the day, but this is also a movie that is 95, maybe more than that on the 95% of this movie is on, uh, walking Phoenix's shoulders and he crushes it. Like he is so good. He deserves all of the praise. If, uh, if you are listening to this podcast and our review, I am sure that you have heard all of the pre buzz around Joker and his performance absolutely stands up. I can understand the differences in if it's dangerous or if it's not, or the, the uh, responsibility a movie has to represent the real world and, you know, the both sides or whatever. I understand that. But I think the thing that everybody can agree on is that Joaquin Phoenix delivers an incredible performance that is chilling. It's unnerving um, as he goes from being Arthur Fleck to Joker and how his descent to Mattis just kind of the longer the movie went on, the more I was creeped out by him. And the, it walks a fine line of at the beginning, trying to make you feel a little sympathetic for him. But then also just being like, well, he's more of a byproduct of the system. And I'm still not totally sure how I feel about that dynamic and what that's saying about Joker as a character. Mm-hmm. But he is great in it. The movie looks phenomenal. It sounds so good. The score in this movie is top notch. And I think it's a it's a really nice, it's really well-directed movie from Todd Phillips. Uh, De Niro, I wish there was more of him because he is so so good in his limited capacity um the rest of the cast doesn't get a lot to do but this is really a movie that is made on the shoulders of joaquin phoenix's performance it's not a movie i don't think i could even say that i enjoyed quote-unquote or quote-unquote liked watching because it is that kind of off-putting with how i think realistically it portrays this psychopath that is the joker yeah but at the end of the day i can't say that it's not well made and it didn't, I think, execute in a lot of ways that it wanted to. So I'm going to, I, for now, I think I've settled in. I'm not, I don't even know if I'm totally sure on this. A four ticket stub out of five rating for Joker, but that could change by the end of our conversation. So I don't really know. That's where I'm going with for now. Are you leaning? Are you leaning away? Or are you leaning into it? Like I don't, I don't think it could get higher than a four. Sure. I think if I think it would go down, mm. if because I think there is still some thematic ideas, some story ideas. I'm not totally sure. If there were not not the quote unquote right moves to make, just the ones that I uh, would have liked them to go instead. Yeah, and you know, I I I kind of I don't know if I'm coming at, coming from coming to this from the same place as you or not. Um, so you'll have to just kind of help me okay. tell me if this is where your feelings are. But when I said it wasn't provocative, it's because I really thought it was going to be something you know an article or like you know. Um, uh, it inspired anarchy mm-hmm. or, you know, had something really pointed to say. Mm-hmm. It didn't have any of those things. What it, what it instead was, was a sympathetic but dark and it, cascadingly so look at, you know, um, how someone goes from being just ill to, or at least like this character Joker went from being ill and downtrodden mm-hmm. to, you know, a, um, a madman, you know, and, but the things that are seasoned on top of those is what, I I mean, I guess people have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, you know, like it's the combustible fire, it's yeah. the gasoline. And it's this idea of like community of like, how dare he want to, I want to have people to identify with, how dare the people in Gotham who are, you know, portrayed as like the working class and, you know, being screwed over by the system constantly day over day over day. And like, how dare they want to be, uh, I mean, like, you know, like recognized in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, and it's really interesting the way it turns the Batman mythology on its head to where you watch, I mean, well, we'll get to that in a moment here, but you watch things play out in the, the Gotham city Batman mythology mm-hmm. and your reaction to them is incredibly different at least mine was um and of course you're watching these like horrific things go down but 
the context is incredibly different. And maybe that was the part that was supposed to be, you know, like dark and like crazy. But at the same time, like it just, it offers, it offers nuance into what was once a monolithic story. And I think that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. um, especially because it just seeds it so self so well in the real world. You get these really empathetic looks at like um, taxi driver. Like mm-hmm. you watched and you go through all of these things and like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't, don't go there, man. But like, I get it. And then to finally get to the point where there's like that redemption cycle for him at the, um, the whorehouse. Yeah. And this movie has that similar thing, but it's the twisted dark version of that. Yeah. When there's that uplifting. And I, I think it's kind of cool. Now, like the ideas on top of it, like that, oh man, I mean, we can get into that in a moment, but like you said, like the, the movie itself though is perfect. Like just in terms of craftsmanship and, um, Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix is, Joaquin Phoenix is just captivating from the moment you watch him put makeup on just so slowly, like three or four times throughout the film. It is, it is captivating. And then there's these like these these like waltzes and dances too that just all play out and it it is um, it's mesmerizing mm-hmm. in like a really twisted way in these like grunge out atmospheres uh, and so all for that like you said De Niro fun to see him act again like now I'm really excited for the Irishman <laughs> but here's the thing I don't I don't I don't think I'm going to enjoy him in the Irishman as I enjoyed him in yeah, Joker he's just he's he's fun here yeah he's a little goofy right like dirty grandpa but like not in like stupid comedy not, not, not like gross out stupid comedy mm-hmm. way it just looks like what Robert De Niro probably is like at a dinner party uh, I'm not sure <laughs> um, but all of that's fun um, Jazzy Beats is you know underused um, so is Brian Tyree Henry but of course they crush it so yeah. A plus and after all of that though you know I, I, I'm i gonna give it four and a half ticket stubs because I don't think I've ever just walked away from a movie like this thinking things over um, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it's just really ambiguous i agree with you that it doesn't it doesn't say one final thing about what it is mm-hmm. it sort of just revels in the the chaos that it seems to like suggest yeah and that's that's definitely a down point but everything else around the movie is really good and i have have a desire to see it again in theaters i've desired to talk about it endlessly mm-hmm. um so bring it on yeah i mean i think that's the other thing I think if you whether you like the movie or not I think you're going to like Joaquin Phoenix's performance I think the other thing that is undeniable is that this movie incites a lot of conversation and maybe that's what the total that's what the point of the movie is I don't know um, but I, I don't think you can't I can't imagine watching the movie like mm, that's it never want to never want to see it again or talk about it with anybody because I think it's it's that type of movie where you I want to see it again, but I'm also like, I don't know if I, like, I'm not going to, I don't think rush to go see it again. If that makes sense. Like I know I'll watch it again just to kind of pick through it some more, mm-hmm. but it's not when I'm like, Oh, I need to go tonight to see it to like, make sure I like, I understand it. But uh, let's jump into spoiler territory for Joker. So we can kind of touch on a lot more. And I do want to touch on something that you brought up um, near the end of your spoiler free section, which is the taxi driver comparison to the ending. And that was one thing that I was, I've been kind of struggling with after the fact is that we all know Joker as a character is a villain. We all know he's going to turn bad. The comics, the movies, they never really give you an idea of why he's bad, what he wants. He Mm -hmm. just wants chaos. Yeah. But this version of Joker, he, he, that's not what he wants. I'm not, but I don't even, but I don't know what he wants because, and that's the thing you could at least say beforehand that Joker as a character wants chaos. But when he, when Arthur is on the Murray Franklin show, he's just like, no, I'm not political. I don't really care about any of this. I don't care about the riots. That's all just kind of happening unintentionally because of me. I want something else, but I'm not totally sure what he wants. And in that regard, I'm just not sure. Like, 
where his like what his like arc is as a character other than becoming a full-on madman yeah it's 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 really it's it's just him breaking hinges off and embracing it's kind of the thing though too like he wants to make people laugh Mm -hmm. and so like and that that's his and then i think that's his ethos but it gets muddled in the unavoidable political trappings the protests the community of jokers that spring up Mm -hmm. around the whole thing and so that all kinds of melts away and phillips's film that just becomes like this he's a political symbol Mm -hmm. even though very clearly they're like no it's not at all part of the, the dude at all i mean he killed those three people without um you know any consideration of who they were other than they wanted to beat him up and then it became funny to him mm-hmm. and you know without remorse and going on and going forward and so his is yeah I, it, it becomes muddled but i think it's clear that at least it's clear enough that um you know the joker's still a joker mm-hmm. but it's what comes up around him i think is the is like the dark part that people seem to have a problem with um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But yeah, I you know what he wants though. It's really muddled because they give it, they throw motivations at him. Mm-hmm. They, they say, they show you as he beats, they say, um, you know, like all of these things. And so at that point you just, you're left wondering like, well, why would he, was he chasing after Thomas Wayne? He wanted, he, well, he wanted some love. He wanted a warm hug when like, and then those are all rejected. Yeah. And so the movie's, the plot of the film almost seems irrelevant other than just the downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. And that's just where it's like, I'm just not totally sure you know, like what it's trying to say with Joker. And maybe again, it's, it's nothing. Maybe it's uh, at the end of the movie. He, he, he just says, Oh, I'm not political. I don't have a political stance on anything. Then like, why touch on all that stuff? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to like say anything about them, I think that's one slide I have with the movie, but I kind of want to get into broader questions about the movie rather than pick apart certain aspects. Sure. First of all, which was one of the things that was the hardest, I think, for me to figure out is what is the tone of this movie? And I'm asking that because I want to know how how full your theater was when you saw it. Um, a 2 o'clock, 2.30 screening mm-hmm. on Friday. Sad, but I mean, like there was about, there's like, Eight of us, ten of us in the theater. Okay, I would say I saw it in an IMAX theater, seven o'clock Thursday night, and it was probably seventy-five to eighty percent full. Wow, it was it was packed, and I was like, oh, this move. That's when I was like, oh yeah, this movie's gonna be big. Mm-hmm. But other you know, people in my audience were having very different experiences with this movie. Yeah, where there are points in this movie purposely being funny and cracking a joke, yes. and those I think land for the most part, but they are few and the director. Instead. The thing that I found a bit troubling were the violent acts or more vicious moments of the movie that people in my audience were also laughing at. And I don't think it was one of those instances like, oh, it's unco- like it's uncontrollable laughter like you know Arthur has or where it's that nervous laughter where it's like in a horror movie, something scary happens. You just got to, ha! <laughs> you laugh because you don't have – there's no other reaction to have. Yeah. But they're like – since we're in spo- spoiler territory – his initial the time, the, when he kills those three Wayne employees, mm-hmm. there were some chuckles in my theater as he was murdering those people, and to me that is the inciting incident of he's a full on villain. I'm terrified of this guy, but for other people, it was a ha, that's funny, and I was like, what's happening? Yeah, the- and I'm not, and so that's I don't know if that's the audience. Or if that's the movie, or if it's the, oh, the Joker traditionally is like this kind of scary, but it's also like this kind of unhinged, slightly goofy in some interpretations of a character. Mm -hmm. Or if that's all combining together to elicit that reaction. But I feel like it's almost more of the movie itself and like the expectations of an audience making that happen. Yeah. And like, this is just, you're not quite clear what's going on in that moment it's really fumbling and bumbling and like you when you watch that go down it sort of plays out with um um the, the kickstart and so like, i guess i can get the laughs my theater was dead styled all the way through the mood of the movie because it was it was received really grim like i did not there was little. that actually made me jump because i was i was again it, i think it goes into the tone where i was so 
of what terrifying things gonna happen next. Then when just this loud thud happens, oh, what was that? Yeah, that gave me a jump scare. Yeah, I mean, which I wasn't expecting. This is either this is either one of this is either a really or it's the blackest comedy I've ever seen. No, I mean I think it's the former, but I think there are people who are looking at it as the latter. Yeah, and I don't understand that interpretation. And but but there's also I don't know probably ten to I don't know. In the so like in the moment where he kills the larger clown, yes, um, in his apartment, and then he starts having some banter with the smaller person who mm-hmm. is there as well. There's this moment of levity between them, mm-hmm. which landed for a lot of people in my theater. But for me, I was still like, uh, I he just murdered that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like laughing. And did like did did you or your theater find that funny? I found it funny. Okay. Especially when like he's going for the lock and it's just it's the it's the dark it's that dark comedy of the situation. Uh-huh. It's like okay, that's that's a good that's a good, you know, gag, I guess. Yeah. And, but you're just thinking like you're 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 caught up in like the feeling of like he this this guy just watched somebody murder one of his friends. Yeah. And now he's trying to get out, and it's it once you it, it it's asking you or it's inviting you to revel in it, uh-huh. and it's you know do you take the bait or not? And I think that's like the dark genius of the movie is like here's some things that you can laugh at, but nothing none none of none, none of this is like actually funny. Yeah, because I think that was from that was the my approach to it where when he go and then he couldn't he doesn't get it, everybody starts laughing. I'm like I uh. I'm really nervous that ongoing, that was an ongoing struggle for me of hearing and seeing other people laugh. And then just watching standup comedy and trying like, uh, do sex jokes, makes people laugh. Yeah. Always else is laughing. So it's either a delayed reaction of him. Be like, oh, this is supposed to be funny. I'm going to laugh or a, a weird thing for me for two hours. Be like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing or not. Cause I'm not. Mm-hmm. And if I am, <laughs> Then I don't get this movie. Yeah, it's almost like it's 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 the audience reactions are what the movie seems to be trying to elicit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how do you feel about this? Here's this thing, and then take away from it what you will, because it is that ambiguous. And I don't think the I don't think the ambiguity ambiguity is you know something to dent it for, mm-hmm. but it's certainly something that this is not. It, it's de- it's not the manifesto that I was led to believe it was going to be the like incel like you know Bible that they'll carry into battle like mm-hmm. it, no of course it's not that at all but it's also not anything it's it's not as provocative as or as I guess you know idea inciting or mm-hmm. like revolutionary as I think you know the Golden Lion Award would <laughs> make you believe it should be. Do you think the Golden Lion Award hurt or helped Joker? I think it hurt it. Just 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 a little. It's still still a fantastic movie. Yeah. But giving it the golden just kind of made it seem like there was something else, um, no, on a different plane that I couldn't reach. Right. But I can. It's it's all laid out right there. Yeah. I mean, it it goes back to just the 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 film festival hype of, oh, it won the Golden Lion Award. Had an eight minute standing ovation at the end of the movie. Like, whoa, this movie's got to be insane yeah i mean if i had seen it in a bubble i may have said something else about it yeah but i didn't and that's that's how these things go Mm -hmm. and so it's just the joker movie to me right do you think it's and this is something i've always i've wondered since the moment this movie was in development how different would this movie be if it was not called joker and it was just called like they say let's say they change his name and his last name is uh, Ferguson. It's just called Ferguson. That's the movie. <laughs> right. It's like, does that movie get better reviews or worse reviews or a better response? I think it gets a better response. Oh, absolutely. Because then it's, because then you're looking at somebody, you know, you're not, you're, you're wondering what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and it becomes something a little bit different. But instead, when you posit it as the Joker, you, you set the end up before the movie even begins. Yeah. You set the relationship before the movie even begins. Mm-hmm. And when it goes through like that with all of these characters from these, you know, DC comics care, you know, it, it's hard to divorce them from how we know them today. Mm-hmm. And so that, that makes it hard. But like, so like you said, yeah, I mean, of course. Um, but then you got to wonder like, 
why wasn't this Ferguson and why why did it need to be the Joker? I feel like that's pretty obvious. Yeah. If Todd Phillips walked into Warner Brothers' offices and like, hey, I, I have this um, movie about a guy who's has a mental illness who has you know been you know hit down by society one too many times and now he rises up as this figure of the oppressed in a city. I want to make it. And it's going to cost you fifty million dollars because I've got Joaquin Phoenix who wants to do it. And I need these big elaborate sets that look real. And they're going to be like, "What? No, <laughs> make it for five million. Maybe we'll consider it." But that movie's not going to make any money. It would make less money in its entire theatrical run than what Joker's going to make in its opening weekend. And I think that's the reason why it's Joker and not Ferguson or Fleck or whatever it would have been called. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Uh, it says a lot about, I think, the state of the movie industry, that that's the only way that maybe Todd Phillips could get this story across. Is be like, well, I want to tell this story. The only way I can do it is if I paint it as a Joker movie. Okay, here we are. Maybe that leads to other creative, different um, interpretations of characters in the future. I hope it does, because um, I think there's a lot of interesting ways to go. I, the next one I'm just anticipating is going to be the... Lex Luthor movie where he rises to power and becomes president of the United States. And it's going to be <laughs> incredibly topical and political and controversial all the same. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just think that that's, I mean, cause I'm in agreement with you. I don't think that this movie, I think this movie gets better reviews across the board, has less of a hysteria around it. If it's just called something else and not be like, Oh, this is the Joker origin movie. Because like you mentioned, everybody knows going to this movie, how it ends to a certain degree of he's going to become the Joker. He's a madman. Right. Whereas if it's not that you could be like, Oh, here's this trailer about this guy. He has some problems. Maybe what's he going to do? Maybe he becomes a symbol for uh, a riot to arise basically. And it's like, well, what happens? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, like we do know we have taxi driver. It's, (laughs) it's, it's the, this is the inverse of that film in a lot of ways. If there had been no intervention, have there, there been no like redeeming moment for him yeah, at not, all? Yeah. And so this is where it spirals out and leads to mm-hmm. the act of violence that he had planned on doing gets committed. And all of a sudden, you know, copycats spring up all across the city and it just goes, goes on and on from there. Yeah. So. I, the, did you expect him to murder uh, uh, Murray Franklin. I uh, yeah, I did. When he took the gun, he, he when he took the gun out there, I I figured it was gonna be like when he started staging. Uh huh. That I'm, I figured that he was planning on killing at least himself or Murray. But I mean, obviously himself. Right. That's what he was practicing. Yeah, but that that's what the movie set me up for. Too. Yeah. So I was I was totally expecting him to pull off what he had set up before. And then so they went against and just shot De Niro in the face. I was like, holy crap, what is this movie doing? And then sure enough, I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. I get it. And I think that leads us to a somewhat of a reveal, somewhat of a not uh, reveal based on, we've we talked about Taxi Driver being an inspiration for this. Another mm-hmm. big one is for another Scorsese movie is King of Comedy. Yeah. Um, and because he wants to be a stand-up comedian, he goes to great lengths to make this dream possible. Um, but also in King of Comedy, De Niro's character has these mental, he has these imaginations of what it would be like to get on the talk show he wants to be on. And early on in this movie, we see the reverse of this, where we see Arthur having an imagining what it would be like to get on the Murray Franklin show, how he'd be in the audience, be called out to the stage. Like, this is so ridiculous. Of course, this is, uh, all in his head and sure enough it is but as the movie plays out we learned that that's not the only thing that's been in his head this whole time uh the zazzy beast relationship was in his head yep and then at the end of the movie it leaves it up for interpretation whether or not the entirety of the movie or at least the third act and the final like 20 minutes are in his head or not and so where do you did you like that element of this movie the unreliable narrator aspect of it and where do you lie on the ending yeah, I mean, like, I think I think the red footprints in the hallway mm-hmm. seem to go ahead and suggest that, yeah, this was like all legit how it played out. Um, the, the, yeah, the but the unreliable narrator, like the hallucinations and things like that. The, I think the, those tie so directly into the story that like having those micros mean that the macro is probably not likely. Okay. So that I mean, since we had those small things that weren't real, mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's hard for me to doubt the whole thing wasn't real. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd go. I don't think I would say that the entire thing is not real. I mean, yeah, we know that the he imagined what it would be like to be on the Murray Franklin show before. We know that he then imagined the relationship with Zazie Beats, um, and that was one that I was like, I kind of, you could, it's, it's hard not to see that one coming just because you're like, it happens so quickly. A lot of it happens off screen. Where you just see them together, mm-hmm. and you're like, what? When did this happen? He just walks in and kisses her, and she kisses him back, and it's like that what that's how this goes down yeah and then all of a sudden they're side by side going on dates going she's going to his stand-up she's like the only one laughing there's like not a lot of this lines up and then sure enough we've learned that that's all been in his head yeah i do want to know like did he kill her do you think i don't you know i because that because that's when i that's what i a question i had that i wish i would have had answered this movie because that's a big thing Mm -hmm. if he kills as he beats and maybe even the daughter which if man i hope i hope none of that happened but that's a piece of ambiguity that i needed answered i think a little bit from this movie where it's that's a big character trait if he walks down the hall and it's like oh i remember when in the elevator you put your you know put finger guns to your head and shot yourself well i'm gonna do that for for real yeah and i'm gonna do that to you and it's like well that's that's huge he that, that means he just murdered this this girl who was nice to him for like no reason and I, so I wish I had that answered, but for the macro of the movie, I don't, I don't think the whole thing is in his head. I think from the car crash on is probably in his head where, cause that, that's what makes most sense where he gets in a real car accident, but then he's found taken to Arkham. And then that's where he spends the rest of his days mm-hmm. instead of a person with a clown mask, driving an ambulance, crashing the cop car, him and some other clown people pulling him out of the cop car and then him, you know, recovering quickly and staying on top of this burning cop car with his hundreds, if not maybe a thousand of his followers just cheering him on and him just being like putting on a show. I'm like, that just seems a bit too much. And if it's not in his head, that's why I'm like this movie. I think that's where that it goes into that line of like slightly like unbelievable i'm like yeah i don't think that would have happened hmm. yeah i i don't think we have any reason to believe it didn't happen um i mean movie I mean, movie logic aside like mm-hmm. he can survive that car crash he oh yeah there. um but when anytime you're dealing with like you know you know um psychiatric facilities and mental mm-hmm. institutes in arkham asylum you gotta like factor in the m night Shyamala dead the whole time all in his head Right, was Shutter dream. Island, Scorsese yes, Scors- yes, movie. Exactly, 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 exactly. Or even um, After Hours, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, to an extent, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, but I think that's, so you're on the side where n- the whole thing actually happened, yes. except for the explicit things we were shown right. happened in his head. Yep. I'm on the side of the last part of it happened in his head because the, the thing that nails it home for me is his line when like he's talking to the the therapist or the psychiatrist or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, "Like, well, what's so funny?" He's like, uh, "You wouldn't get it." I was like, "That." I thought to me that implies he would like she wouldn't understand the thoughts, the memories that he had. Yeah, because they're outlandish slash they didn't happen, so they're like they're delusion. Hmm, that's interesting. But. That's, you know, I don't think either, I don't think either interpretation is right or wrong. Sure. And I don't think it even matters really. It's just a, do you believe that he did become this larger figure or do you believe that he, you know, shot Murray and then that was it? Yeah. Is it a fantasy or is it real? Yeah. I think if it's it's a fantasy, then I, some of my takes need to be changed, but. If the whole third act is a fantasy? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I think from. Because that's, I don't know, because that was one of the questions I kept kind of having is how come more people aren't calling the cops on, <laughs> right. on Arthur Fleck? <laughs> like yeah. if he did leave Zazie Beats alive, why wouldn't she call the cops on him? And then I think it's clear enough that uh, the clown that survived the attack called the cops because then the cops chase him yep. within like an hour or so. Right. Um, but then, I mean, yeah, otherwise I just think there's, I think there's, a few other instances where you know, yeah, somebody probably should have called the cops on this guy for like breaking and entering or doing something. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think, 
I don't remember what your what the initial point was. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, me neither. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> um, but I do. I do know where I'd like to go. Okay, and great. The wider comic ties to this. Yeah, whole thing. I talked about it, and I I really do think it flips the uh, the Batman mythology on its head. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Wayne and the Wayne family and Wayne Corp, Wayne Enterprises mm-hmm. is not the good. They're not the good guys of this film. At least no. from its perspective, and I really liked that approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, like when you're like talking, like what's the flip side of like you know capitalist bankers and things like that. You know, like Wall Street folks, and that's like really what they get to. Like, I don't know if the film goes the film goes pretty so far to like to make let Joker revel in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that should be the case, but this idea that these people are seen another way, Batman is seen another way. And I think that was like a really cool way to be like, well, everything you know is a lie. Okay. You know, Batman's a symbol of like, you know, capitalism and justice and like, you know, uh, squashing the the downtrodden and things mm-hmm. like that. It's like, okay, that's a fun idea to play with. That that was a cool thing for Joker to go after. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the, the elements of that it brings in. I don't know if I needed the re-showing of Martha and Thomas Wayne dying at the end. Mm-hmm unless you're setting up a sequel, which I don't think is happening. Um, so that was kind of a thing where it's like, it just seemed a little unnecessary. Some of those ties it was like, did he like, I understand why he would maybe go to Bruce Wayne and like see him and mess with him. And then, so he could have that conversation with Thomas later on. And then Thomas, obviously a big thing in this movie is uh, Arthur's mom tells Arthur that he is the son of Thomas Wayne because of the love affair they had when she worked for him like over 30 years ago even though Thomas Wayne denies it and says that she's delusional and crazy. And then there's files at the Arkham hospital to back this up. So um, you're not, it's, it, there is still some ambiguity of whether or not that is still true. Cause they don't name the child that was abused in the relationship or was adopted. Um, but so I don't, I don't know if, again, I think it just goes back to the, does it hurt or help this movie that it's the Joker movie and not just a, this is just a madman movie. And, you know, I, I think if it's just a, Oh, this is some random other family that just so happens to maybe be involved with this person. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares, but right. since like, ah, I've, I've seen Martha and Thomas Wayne die so many times before I've seen the Pearl thing happen a couple years ago. Right. Um, and I don't know if we'd really needed that. Cause I don't think it adds anything else to the story other than maybe showing more of well, jokers, like his symbol put a target on their backs. So his actions had more consequences that he did not foresee or want, but he did also kind of want that at the same time. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm kind of indifferent on the Wayne's appearances and how they're treated in the movie. So yeah. yeah. I mean like kind of the same here. I thought it was an interesting and neat, but um, like, I don't know. It was, they it wanted you to say, Hey, if you identified any with these things, like here's the, here's the like outcry for mm-hmm. it or like whatever, like, and it presents it to you and you're like, well, Thomas Wayne was kind of a jerk most of this movie. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, and you, you, your mind gets to this place of like, well, I guess that was, was that justified? No, of course not. Yeah, no. But you, you asked the question in the context of the movie, it's him getting what he deserves in some ways. Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Uh, man, like that's, that's the presentation. I don't, and, I don't go that far. And that's kind of, that's kind of, it's, that's kind of its lineup. I mean, I don't know if I believe like that. Of course not. I don't believe that. Yeah. But that's the, that's the or the logic they want you to arrive at, and sure. it's and it's that that is interesting. Yeah, but I think that's the difficulty with a character like Joker in this movie is it's like he, since he's not a a sympathetic character or one who's like oh I have this goal and I understand why you have this goal mm-hmm. like it's like oh Thanos had this terrible goal of wiping out half the universe. <laughs> But he did that because he had this idea of if I do this, I'm actually saving the universe Mm -hmm. because of overpopulation and whatnot. Joker, I'm just like, he wants to do, he wants love or to kill Murray or I don't really know what he wants and I don't know why he wants what he, what he wants. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't, I can't, the, what it, what it does for Thomas Wayne and his role in it. Thomas is like more of like a an unintentional third party. Like I'm not trying to be involved here. You approached me like, yeah, I punched you in the face because you're attacking me. You're like coming at me in the bathroom and calling me a liar, which was a great scene. And that's one of those like standout moments from Phoenix. But um, yeah. Do you think that he, I mean, he's going to get nominated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Is he at this point, the front runner for the best 
actor. No. Who is? No, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt from Ad Astra. Hmm. Definitely. Uh, we're going to get to, we're going to get, when Waves comes around, we'll probably switch over to, you know, some other people. But Maybe. right now, those are the, the films I've seen. Those are my three front runners. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think he's, he's definitely, if he doesn't get nominated, <laughs> oh man, that yeah. would be something. I don't think, it's hard to say that he won't, I mean, I think he is just in line as a performer as what DiCaprio and Pitt and, um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody that we're forgetting I can't think of any, so I'm like I feel like they are the three front runners. But you know, if Bale or Damon come in for four v Ferrari, knock it out of the park, great. Um, you know, uh, and there's I mean, who knows? Paul Walter Hauser for uh, the movie that we got a trailer for this past week, the Richard Jewell movie. Mm-hmm. Like he could be in that conversation too. Like there, there's a lot of other people who could make their way in, which I think just makes it a stacked year for the best actor. So maybe there is that chance that he doesn't make it in, but. I think that'll depend on how divisive this movie really turns out to be. Because if you if you don't like the movie, I could see you saying, "Well, I'm not going to vote for him." But I also don't. I also think even if you don't like this movie, he's the one thing. If you're like, he's the reason to see this movie, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, he, but yeah, he's the reason to go see this, and I think that's what gets him a nom. Um, but of course, it'll be tight because if it's you know it's him or Adam Driver. Adam Driver's getting in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the marriage story is supposedly that movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, De Niro could knock him out. Like, there's there's, there's, there's right. so many possibilities. Oh, of uh, course, that's right. So Maybe Brad Pitt and Ed Astro will not be on there. I, I don't think he will be. No. I think you're if you're anticipating that you're setting up yourself up for, like, a Ryan Gosling first man disappointment. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's just a bad time to be one of Josh Traylor's favorite <laughs> actors doing a space drama. That's for sure. <laughs> um, oh, my but, gosh. Do you think that we're going to see any more of this character with Phoenix? I, I don't. I don't. Do you, or do know. you want one? I want more. Okay. But I don't think we'll get it. It's 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 hard to see Joaquin Phoenix say, "Sure, two, three more movies." I think it, I feel like if we got another one, it'd be well. Sure, we'll do Joker two. You're going to pay me a lot of money, and. At the end of it, I'm going to make sure that Joker dies, yeah, <laughs> so this cannot continue there on. There was there was something intimate about his performance where he was he didn't feel like he was being bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. He 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 shrunk himself. I mean, it was it's the exact opposite of the Heath Ledger take take on the the villain, and that it doesn't seem like it's something he wants to replicate again. No, I don't like. I think. Uh, Phillips has said he's willing to come back and do another one if him and Joaquin can come up with a great idea and Joaquin agrees to come back. I don't think Joaquin is going to want to do another movie. And if he does, I think it'll happen quick and fast and make sure like it's it happens and then they kill him and that puts an end to it. Yeah, Because yeah. that, that's what I was. I was still kind of waiting for the beat in the movie where it's like, okay, here's everything that plays out and then here's the moment where the Joker dies either at his own hand or somebody kills him. So that way it's like clean. This is a standalone movie. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Here's his origin and fall all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, did, I don't see how you revisit it, but also like this iteration, I would love to see return like in punch Matt Reeves or not punch, punch Matt, Matt Reeves. Punch, punch he just Matt walks Reeves's, on the set. Boom. <laughs> you know, go after Robert Patterson. Yeah. Punch Matt Reeves' new Batman. Like, you know, especially with a set in like the nineties and you mm-hmm. have this like period drama fomenting but like, i don't think that's the case and so be it but you know oh well yeah i don't yeah i don't i'm happy with this being a standalone movie that lives on its own not connected to anything else i don't need a sequel i don't really want a sequel um don't really want to see him brought in the dcu even though i'm sure that's going to be a very tempting thing for warner brothers in dc and i won't be surprised if there's like credible reports not from like you know these lower level sites that you know throw out scoops every hour of like hey here's this exclusive we're hearing. Um, it's definitely not actually accurate, um, but I won't be surprised if there's like legit talk of well you know Warner Brothers is trying to get this to happen because if this if this movie sets the record for the which I believe it's going to do when we're recording before it's official uh, set the opening weekend record for October maybe even eclipses a hundred million dollars domestically in its opening weekend. This movie is going to be a big hit, and if it goes on to get awards potential and it gets uh, nominations and maybe even wins a couple, then 
there's no way they're not going to want to try to figure out another way to bring this back. So maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Um, last thing here, is it rewatchable? Are you going to watch it again? Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah. Are you going to own it? I'm going to own it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up buying it and watching it again at some point. But again, as I mentioned earlier, it's not one I'm like, oh, I've got to go see it tonight, this weekend. Maybe part of that is the the controversy around it that talked about yeah. it. We talked about it a little beforehand where it's like, you know, did you have any fear of the ongoing discussions of, you know, will this movie incite shooting at a theater? Did you think about that at all? I know it was on my mind when I was watching the movie. Anytime somebody would get up and leave or walk in, I had my eye on them. Um, so maybe that's part of it. Maybe that is part of the, the, the danger of this movie. I think people are alluding to, and I can understand that aspect of it, but only if it does happen, if nothing happens, then it's all, preemptive oh this movie could do this but it doesn't yeah and yeah and i hope it doesn't i really hope it doesn't well of course obviously and and that's a whole other can of worms in and of itself like why should we be worried about that in the first place and yeah we'll we'll figure that out nobody else in the world is worried about that except for people in the united states right so there's a reason for that so uh let's move on to what we watched recently? Yes. Other than the Joker? I have something fun to tell you. Okay, great. I love fun uh, things. <laughs> and it involves um, Adam Sandler oh, and Waterboy. Oh. I watched it for I the first time. The first time? The first time. I saw it on your uh, letterbox and I was like, oh. Yeah. You, 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 that, that, was, that, was, that was the first inkling that I had that you were still alive. <laughs> yes. Okay, there we go. Yes, 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 yes. I think I, think I messaged you before that. Maybe, maybe. Possibly, or I think it. Oh, you know what? I think it was. I think I posted on. I think I did that, and then I got a message from you like <laughs> shortly after. Maybe. I'm gonna check the timeline on that because that's gonna be really funny. Uh, not funny that I disappeared, but funny <laughs> that, that 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 was the sequence of events. No, but it, I mean, it was still it was a welcoming sign. Either yeah, way. yeah, and but it is, it is, it is hilarious. It's satirical, but it's heartwarming and like, it, it it's like it's a t- satire of like radio. I think in some ways, in a lot of ways. But anyway, um, Kathy Bates, Henry or, um, Henry Winkler, just A-plus all the way through. And it, it's just this, like, punch you in the face so many times with the same joke over and over and over again until you finally laugh. And once you start laughing, you don't stop. Mm-hmm. And there's just plenty of Sandler shenanigans to go around and so um yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed it and i did not think i was going to so like yeah you know solid b plus for waterboy loved it yeah that's one i haven't seen in a couple years but yeah it's it's pretty funny um i'll wrap up um scorsese september which i did not actually complete i fell two movies short of completing um so and even accidentally i accidentally skipped over hugo to watch wolf of wall street um before joker happened let's see what you miss silence and uh yeah silence and hugo those are the two i mean outside of new york new york and um the other one the there's one other one that he did where they're not streaming anywhere or even available to rent so i had to miss one of those but um i through that I ended up watching Gangs in New York for the first time, which is a movie that I thought everybody said was terrible, and it was actually really good. So I'm not sure if I just had a misconception of what this movie was supposed to be, um, but I thought it was actually really well done. Daniel Day-Lewis is phenomenal in that movie, and so is DiCaprio, and then it bounces into The Aviator, which came out two years later, which I'd never seen either, and that movie was even better than Gangs in New York, and it's like, it's maybe top five Scorsese. Um, really? Maybe. It's... I think that movie is really, really good, and it's an incredible performance by DiCaprio. It and it, it's really, I think, the first uh, forty-five minutes to an hour of this like nearly three-hour movie is like near perfect because it's like him and Blanchett, and Blanchett just like fits in for some reason perfectly in like this like early like forties, fifties setting that this movie takes place. I'm like, I just, I just buy her, or maybe it's oh, it's like sixties, I think. Yeah. Um, but I just like she's just like made for that era. And so it's like, she's perfect. And so there's a dip when then Kate Beckinsale comes in and replaces that her as a love interest. I'm like, Ew, not quite as great as Kate Blanchett, but I think it's really Leo's movie. And uh, yeah, I think those are the two big ones I hadn't seen before as I was kind of rounding out Scorsese September. But other than that, uh, I'll mention Shutter Island, which we mentioned before. Yeah. I watched that again. I think that's my favorite Scorsese movie. Really? I think so. What? Okay, okay, we're right. Do you what? Do you take away something new from it every time, or is it just how fascinating it is I just, all the way through? I think it's it's just yeah, the fascination of it. The there are those little clues of like rewatching it where it's like, oh, 
this is all made up and that's why Mark Ruffalo's character struggles to take off the gun when they walk into the facility the first time because it's like he's not an actual you know he, that's, not, that's not his job so he's never had to unholster his gun before yeah. it's like there are these like little clues I just think everything everybody in that movie just nails it performance wise and I just love the the creepiness the the tone the atmosphere that Scorsese nails in this this thriller horror kind of movie I'm just like everything about it I'm just think it just works so well where it's I don't think I wouldn't say it's his best movie but I think if I do if I do watch a Scorsese movie you're like you have to watch one right now I'll be like Shutter mm-hmm. Island yeah no doubt especially for the 21st century oh I yeah think it's his best it's his best movie of this of this century yeah I, mean, I think it's well yeah I think it's probably between that and Wolf of Wall Street probably but Wolf of Wall Street is I think it's so ridiculous and long that it's I think it can get a little tiring at some point then but, there's the, the the people who like Shutter Island or like everybody the people who love Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> they're a particular person all right and that you I, I only have so much bandwidth for that <laughs> so but Shutter Island we can all get behind oh absolutely so uh next week we'll be back with another review I'm not totally sure what it's going to no, be though beats me because I did not do research ahead of time I'm sure it'll be a movie that is uh heating up for the Oscar race you, are you sure no, I have no clue. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, do you know something? Oh, it's either... Oh, it's Gemini Man, I think. So Bring I don't up. think it's heating up for the Oscar race. Gemini Man has good murmurings. It's got... It's got... It had decent, and then it seems like it's kind of tailed off. But, uh, hey, it's Will Smith. It's Ang Lee. It's this clone version of Will Smith. It's this younger version of him hunting himself. I'm excited to see it, yeah. regardless. So Bring it down. Uh, we'll, we'll review that next Tuesday. We'll also be back this uh, Thursday with a big question. Talk about what we want to see in the Star Wars 9 trailer, which is as of now, not announced, but is inevitably coming in the next two or three weeks, probably. So we're going to get ahead on that. Let us know, or let you guys know what we want to see in it. But in the meantime, be sure to tell us your thoughts on the covered by Chris after the film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. You can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head over to iTunes give us a five-star review with comments. Thanks, Sam, for tuning in to the podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in. And be sure to turn later this week for our future episodes.